right, welcome to episode 51 of uh, the Bobbycast. Uh, thanks for listening on iHeartRadio or iTunes. And thanks to our sponsors, 2800 Flowers and Blue Apron. So without those guys, uh, we would not be able to do this. And with us is songwriter Ross Copperman. Hey, buddy, good to see you. Hey, Bobby, good to see you, buddy. So before we kind of get into talk about stuff, I just kind of want to run through and let people know kind of what we're dealing with here with Ross. So I'm going to play some of Ross's songs here because Ross is a, a world-renowned songwriter, written songs like... And we're going to get to all these. <laughs> like Keith Urban, John Deere, how about... Gloria George and Lion Confession, Low Cash, I Know Somebody, Kenny Setting the World on Fire, Luke Bryan, Strip It Down. You have a lot. There's, I mean, one, two, three. How many number ones do you have? 14. You have 14 number ones. <laughs> Golly. So there's a lot. And, and we'll get to a lot of these as we go. You know, as I start to look at these songs here, uh, for example, this one. Setting the World on Fire. And so I was, I've told the story before, and I didn't know it was a secret, or I just, could, it just could have came out of my mouth, because Kenny never told me it was a secret when he told me this. So Kenny and I are sitting around, and he says, hey, you know, because setting the world on fire was just about to, yeah. was, it was just about to be number one. And Kenny and I are sitting next to each other, and he goes, hey, you know, this was never going to be a single. <laughs> And I was like, really? He goes, yeah. He goes, Pink got pregnant, so she had to come off the road. Yeah, I've never heard that story. Oh, you don't know this that story? That is crazy. You wrote this song. You don't know I that? didn't know that. Okay, so then I'm going to tell you this story, then you tell me about how the song came together. Okay? Wow, yeah. Okay, so Kenny and I are sitting here, and he goes, we're playing, about to play the song overhead. And he said, hey, look, you're never going to believe this. And Kenny curses a lot. He's never going <laughs> to believe this. Beep, you know? I'm like, what is it? And he goes, this was never going to be a single. But not because I didn't love the song. Yeah. He said, but because Pink was about to go on tour, and she wanted to put her own music out, oh, and she right. didn't want to have that's two right. things at once hitting that's each right. other. Okay. And so because she got oh, pregnant, yes. she pulled... It's all coming back, yeah. She pulled everything off the radio, and they were like, hey, go ahead, and if you want to make that yeah. a single, make that a single. And it have, Yes, okay. Had she not become pregnant... It probably pregnant, would have never been a single. At least not then. Yeah. And so I was like, wow, he never said there was a secret, I right? I don't he think told, I realized she got pregnant, and that's why... And so I'm thinking, wow, I know this great story, but I keep secrets. You know, when you have friends that work in a business, you either are really good at keeping secrets or you're a loudmouth. Yeah. And so I just don't say anything because it's not my place to say, but it's a good story. But like three months later, it was like breaking news. Kenny admits. And I was like, what do you mean Kenny admits? I've known this story for three months. (laughs) So what did you know about this That's amazing. You know, it kind of came back to me now. I remember... Pink was on the song, and, I, and we and I knew she was putting out a new record. So I remember hearing, ah, you know, it won't be a single because she's going to make a new record. And then, so you did hear that. I, I do now that you say that it's kind of coming back, but I never heard. I then I just heard, oh, it's the next single. I never because you know we had noise first, and noise was kind of quick to come and go, and then this one happened really fast. So I never heard the reason. I never heard that it was because she got pregnant, so her music was on hold. Crazy. That's crazy. I never knew that. I never, I can't believe I never thought. I'm like, glad I could bring info to your podcast, Ross. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's awesome. I'm sharing stories. So, that song there, when you wrote it, did you write it as a duet? We didn't at all. And you know, Who'd you write it with? Josh Osborne and Matt Jenkins. And we didn't think of this song. It's not like this is one of those ones we got home that night and we were like, oh my gosh, I'm going to, this is the one, man. This, 
this is one of those ones that was like it was like me and Josh's favorite song, and Josh was playing it out in rounds and playing it before anyone playing it before anybody. He just started playing it in rounds, and he'd be like, "Man, Ross, that that setting the world on fire song goes over really well in rounds." I was like, "Oh, cool, Josh, that's that's good, man." And so then Kenny cut it and somehow decided to put pink on it. He, Kenny has a great like intuition to know. He just has this. I always say he's the best A and R guy in Nashville. I, I always feel like he picks about songs or about duets, songs and yeah. just and just duet A and R's record, knowing to put Pink on that song. I never would have thought to put her on that song, and I, I feel like her being on that song. The first time I heard, it, I literally cried when I heard it in the studio with them, just because I grew up with Pink on the radio and like just hearing her voice on a song that I was a part of writing was just mind-numbing to me. You know, he... I was talking to Kenny, and it was the same night, and Pink had come through over the top. On a, We were doing this interview whole thing, and Pink came over. And they didn't... Requ- I don't think they had spent a lot of time together. Yeah. You know, and that's how it works. A lot of people don't realize that now, because back in the old days, like when... As I assume, I was born in the eighties. You born in the eighties? Me too. Okay. What year? Wait, early. What year are you? Early. Okay. <laughs> like not like eighty nine or anything. I'm not like Taylor Swift. Uh, That's what most people nowadays. Oh, eighty seven. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm like, come on, man. Uh, so, I don't even count that as. But 80s. people don't even record in the studio together anymore. Just generally, they don't record know, did, together, and it's it's almost to to listeners like, oh man, we, I just want to imagine, imagine Mariah yeah. Carey and Boys to Men doing One Sweet Day. Remember the video, and they're all in the studio together, and it's like, <laughs> sorry, I never oh told God, you, dude. and they're back That's and forth. Right. That's how I imagine every duet. Yes. And, and, and he was like, no, we really didn't. Yeah. I will say when we did Different for Girls with Dirks, Dirks flew us on his little plane to Texas to yeah. L King. Uh, there's no way I'm gonna let, and, and not that I want to sidetrack that story. Plane with Dirks. Let, me, let me tell you what happened, Ross. Because <laughs> Ross and I were both at Dirks after party at the ACMs, and so we go and we're there. And uh, I think the last time I was on, or maybe even on the air, because there are certain stories you come out of there with, and they're, they're safe to tell. And I told about Luke, and Luke goes up into the DJ booth and. He's like, where's the microphone? Oh, that was so funny. And he's like, there's no microphone. He's like, what? That was, he was so, talking into the headphones, yeah, So right? Luke plugs in a pair of headphones into the, <laughs> the microphone jack and starts yelling through the headphones. I didn't and think that worked. Does that actually work? It does. All I know is I hear Luke screaming over the top of the speakers with distortion. And he's like, all right, people, we're going to dance. <laughs> and so everybody starts dancing and I'm talking to Dirks. And Dirks is like, hey, I'm flying home tomorrow at 3 p.m. And my flight was at like seven in the morning, right? And he's like, you can fly back with me if you want. And I'm like, cool. Dirks has got a jet and I'm going to hop on Dirks' jet. And he's like, no, no, I flew my plane. I was like, all right, I'm going to go and go fly Southwest. There's no way I'm flying. Listen. That's hilarious. Dirks is one of my favorite people in the whole world. Yeah, me too. But I'm not getting in a small plane he wears the drunk on a plane hat and the glasses too when he's in the cockpit. Was is that, look, that yeah. small plane? Is that weird? It's weird, bro, because you feel it all. And Dirks at one point got off the plane and was like, "That was one of the roughest rides I've ever had in my life." And he's got the drunk on a plane glasses, and he's like over the loudspeaker, like, yeah, "Welcome to Dude Air." See, <laughs> I don't need my pilot making jokes. I don't even like on Southwest. We were flying into Kansas once, and the pilot—it's storming, right? And the pilot comes on yeah. and he goes. Uh, we're going to do a little <laughs> trivia here as we go through this. And I'm like, dude, just focus on the freaking... Yeah, just seriously, get, dude. I don't need Dirk's drunk on a plane. No. Uh, but he's actually a great pilot. I, I'm sure he is. He is. I, I like pilots whose main job is to be a pilot. That's right. Not to be a, a superstar. That's right. 
Doug's is like third job. He has job a few is, drinks is on stage too, right? He's got to have a few drinks on stage, I, and then he flies home. I, I don't <laughs> listen. I doubt. Regardless, Dirks is an artist and a dad, and a, then he's a pilot in order. I need my pilots to be up ranked around one first, maybe two. Hilarious. Man. So speaking of Dirks, yeah. uh, let's see. For Dirks, man, you have so many songs here. Um, you wrote "Tip It On Back." <laughs> yeah. Was this the first Dirk song you wrote? That was the that song started everything for me. Really? I owe everything. I really think it is. That's just. I owe. I really do owe my career to Dirks, and I always tell him that because he took a chance on that song, and um, it was my first big single I'd ever had. It got to five, and then uh, he liked the demo, so then we started hanging out, and, he, and that's when he asked me to produce his record, Riser, and that really did. That really did start it all for me. So you credit Dirks as I really do, and I always the, tell him. Yeah, really, I really do. And this was your first single? I think, did, I think Gla- like Glass, I Thompson, Thompson Square, Square Glass before that. But this was your first top ten single? This is my first top ten, yeah. yeah. John Knight. I have Glass here. Wow, Bob. Oh, I have it all, Ross. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I know. The, I'm, like, have, I'm like Wikipedia, Ross Kaufman. Oh, my gosh. I'm scared. I'm scared. So Thompson Square has a song. Okay, let's just rewind. How far a bit back more. did you go, though, Bobby? I have a lot. I have you as a UK pop artist. No, you don't. I do. No, you don't. I got. It. Don't look at my screen. I have all of it, <laughs> and we'll get there. <laughs> oh my gosh! So you moved to town. Oh man! Let's just talk about Nashville first. You okay. moved to Nashville to be a songwriter. What year? Oh man! I, I always say it's about ten years ago. What would that be? Two thousand six, seven ish. Yeah, yeah. And you move here and. I mean, are you stable when you move here financially? <laughs> Do you have friends? Like, so I had, I had a record deal in the UK, and so I had a publishing deal with EMI there, and I was locked into this EMI UK publishing deal that never ended. And I was done with being an artist, and so I was stuck in this deal, and I met a guy named Josh Van Valkenburg in, at the Big Loud Shirt parking lot party, and I was like, hey, I write for EMI. You think you could listen to some of my songs? And he he was like, sure, dude, whatever. And so I played him some songs, and he kind of took me under his wing. And, like and you played him songs with your instrument and voice, or you played him songs like you yeah. gave him a CD? I, oh, yeah, my guitar. And, okay. and then he, he started, he, he really he really developed me. He, he is the reason also. There's so many people. This town, man, it, it doesn't just happen, you know, fast. It, it was definitely 10 years for me. Um, and yeah, Josh took me under his wing, and then Bradley Collins from BMI sent me to the Key West Songwriters Festival, and I came back with so many new friends. I went down there not knowing anyone. Kit Moore was one of my first friends. Me and him were goofing around down there, riding scooters backwards and being crazy. And um, yeah, I made some of my best friends down there. So you you start riding in town with a lot of people. Yeah. And I'm sure you you wrote 100 songs or so before Glass gets... It's- oh, yeah. So whenever you first get that, hey, this is going to be the single for an artist that's on the radio. Yeah. Like, that's a big deal, right? Huge. Me and John Knight, first time we met, we wrote Glass together. Just us in a room with a guitar, green carpeted floor, the old EMI building. Um, we just stared into each other's eyes longingly. And Sounds like it. We yeah. really did. And we've literally have been best friends since that day. And, uh, and this song, Top 15? Yeah, Top 15. I love those guys, man. Top of the square. Yeah. I do too. They're some of my favorite people. 
Kiefer's funny too. Kiefer's and so great, oddly man. funny. Yeah. <laughs> oddly oddly funny. funny. Like you don't expect it from him. He's oddly funny. Yeah. Who else is oddly funny? We uh, we I did just with his a TV show together. It ended up not getting picked up. We got went through the whole oh, really? process of yeah, of oh. a TV production company. So we you shot. Do? We sh- yeah. What all. don't you have, man? I try amazing, everything. Bobby. Nothing really works. Come That's on. the thing. I try a little bit. I, I try to get in low everything. My dad's pretty geeked out that I'm doing this interview with you today. He's a huge fan of yours. Is he? Yeah, he's in Roanoke, Virginia, so he listens to all this. Oh yeah, there. that's awesome. Yeah, yeah huge that's, fan. That, and you're from? You grew up in Virginia. I'm from Virginia. Yeah. So Thompson Square cuts glass. They call you and say, "Hey," and then it, it goes about where did it go? Twelve. Twelve, thirteen area. Yeah. So at twelve, that was a huge deal at that but time. Do you, We're like, do you make good money at twelve or thirteen back then? Back, yeah. I feel like back then you actually made more. Yeah. Because songs did. don't just go. Doo, doo, doo. <laughs> this is my theory you're on right. music. Now it just flies. Doesn't it, it flies, and I know you're. You have a million number ones. It flies. So don't yeah. take offense to this in any way. My, no. here, here's my problem with the format right now. Do it. Yeah. Is that there are so many number ones that yeah. the music's not going to last because we don't get to sit with it. I agree. Number ones are forgotten. That it, That's why these people that buy song catalogs I'm always like why are you doing it because you know there's like four quarters of a song paying money and then it really the drop off is like Mount Everest we don't give these songs enough time to breathe especially with the superstars I agree dude and it's not the superstars fault they're a superstar it is the superstars who go the fastest like you're right if if even now Dirks is up on that A-list but if it's Dirk or Blake or Luke Or so fast. any of these guys, and it's the record label's fault, it's radio's fault, it's everyone's Luke's fault. Luke's new singles about it. Because fast. It, I yeah, mean. It's just like, dude, get it, shoot, shoot up, yeah. gone. But then they can't even play all their number ones yeah. at a concert. Luke especially. Because they yeah. go by so. And, and Luke's 40. He's not like he's 65. I know. And, we, and you forget sometimes with these songs, yeah. because we were talking about Strip It Down, which you wrote. Yeah. And Strip It Down yeah. was on this last album. It was fast. It went fast. He had six number ones on Luke's last album. And it's crazy, but you know why you That's can do that? That's becoming like the norm, though. Because you can sh- songs shoot up so fast. Yeah, yeah. And so, and then albums suffer because everyone's just writing the singles. You want to get six singles on a record? That's crazy. So, okay, talk about this one for a second. You wrote this one. Yeah, we we went out to Luke's farm. First time we'd ever been out there. His place blew our mind. We were, we thought we were on another planet. He's got uh, his. Like the river is stocked with trout somehow. I don't even understand how that works. How the yeah, trout says, are in one place. Like <laughs> he says, you know, he goes and he he stocks it hard with tiny ones and he grows them big. Yeah. But I still don't understand how they stay on his property. I'm like, why don't they end up down somewhere? <laughs> I think my theory is he has someone that comes right before you come, catches them with a net, and he, they throw them right into the area where you're going to be, and a whole lot of them so they can show be. off. Because he be. has Luke money, he can do that. Yeah, yeah, he did have a field with deer. He's like, oh, the deer are bending down over there. He just it felt like in a tree stand right there is like. Cheating, it was like yeah. Disney. It's like it's Lu- Disney. Luke World. Yeah, Luke he has everything World, in the right place at the right time. <laughs> it it's like right. a safari where you know where the elephants are going it to be. Is, He's got dude. it all set up. Sorry. So you go and you, so we went, so we rode around his farm. We rode around through the river. He's showing us everything. It's the most amazing thing I've ever seen. We came back, ate some some deer jerky. He grabbed a, an acoustic and he's like, he start he started playing these chords and he started he literally started singing the chorus. Um, and me and John were like, whoa, 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 what is, what is that? I, I got, my, I opened my laptop, started recording him. It's like writing down as fast as I could. Twenty minutes, he kind of just, he just kind of spouted out lines. Me and John were just catching it, and he's like, all right, boys, you want to, want to wrap it up? We'll finish this another time or something. 
So we're like, no, let's just keep fighting. And so <laughs> no. we, we knew. And then so we went home and basically the whole song was like in this scattered of three pages of just notes. And we kind of just pieced it together and with Luke's help. And then he cut it and it was crazy. At this level where you are now with, because as we'll see, it wasn't always easy and it wasn't always awesome. Um, but now you have success and you have money and you have people that are dying to write with you and work with you as you produce. And like you're, you know, you're growing just as an entity, like you're doing all these things. But uh, for you, like how hard is it for you? Like for someone, let's say it's a writer comes to town, right? Yeah. And at first I could probably get right with you pretty easy. Like whenever you're not making any money. Yeah. But now do you just go sit and write for artists specifically or do you just still write songs and see where they land mostly? Man, you know, we do. And I feel like the best songs get written like that when it's me and John and Shane or me and Josh Osborne and Rodney Clausen. Or like, I feel like that's how you write the best songs when you're not thinking about anything and you're just trying to write the best song in the room that day. But are artists, they're calling you though and going, hey, Ross, come sit yeah. with me because yeah. you're writing all these hits. Well, I- a lot of artists are such good writers. Luke is Luke would be one of the... He'd be BMI Songwriter of the Year every year. Luke Bryan would. Dirks is a great songwriter. Keith's a great. They're all so good. Um, and so, yeah, when we go write with them, they always have like a year of ideas stocked up because they've been on the road tour and so and they're not writing every day. So we're all, we, we're like flexing the muscle every day so we can help to shape them. But how hard is it to think of different stuff every day though? Like, what have you what have you done today? Did you write today? Yeah, with Craig Wiseman. Okay, so you go and write with Craig Wiseman, who's who. You know, I'll tell you today. That's a great. St- yeah, go ahead. Sorry. No, no. Craig Wiseman has been around and has written so many, so, and so many, much, so many, and, and probably has a million stories. Like it's probably awesome to go sit with someone like that because they have so much that you can hear and be inspired oh, by. So much. And you know, we didn't have a title today, and we were kind of just we were grinding. He was telling stories. I was just learning from him, and I saw like he had a keychain on the on the table, big loud shirt. You know, that's the name of his publishing. Company. I was like, Craig, have you ever written big loud shirt? He's like. Wow, no, I've never written that, and so we we st- we're gonna write. We started it, big loud shirt. But that's how things happen. Like you just see something, or like, like when we wrote um, for a thousand horses smoke, he had a black a blackberry smoke hat on. Michael Hobby did. Yeah. So he had a blackberry hat. The band. I was on. just staring. We didn't have an idea. I was just staring at his hat. Smoke. I was like, smoke. What's that? Smoke. Not that it's the most. I really feel like nowadays, simpler the better. Like, simple title that you can tell in a different way. That's, that's just what I'm into right now. <laughs> so you wrote this song with Michael and who else? And John Knight. You know, it's weird. It makes sense because I do the same thing. We get into our little friend, uh, the people we trust. And yeah. we like to work with people we trust. Yes. And, like, who are, who are your people? John would be first, um... Josh Osborne, Shane McAnally, Ronnie Clausen, Nicole. And do you call Cole? Nicole Clausen. Oh, Nicole Clausen. Do you yeah. call them? How far in advance do you guys set up these rights? You know, we book our years out all the way to December. You book you book a year out? We do. And then but we leave it kinda loose so that we can fill in like like me and Ashley Gorley, he'll be one of those that I trust. He I mean, he's probably gotta be one of the best ever to exist, songwriter wise. He's like Rain Man. I've never seen anyone write like him, but we'll we'll do like two days with Ashley every month through December, and then we'll fill it in as we go. So Billy Billy Curtin is coming to town. Hey, you got anything? 
I'm like, oh, jump in with me, Ashley, this day or something. So you guys will have a, t- a, a right set, and then yeah. s- you'll leave a spot, and someone will hop yes, in. It's constantly juggle. It's We're up at night, 11 o'clock at night, every night, texting. Oh, what if we do this here, throw this person here? Like Constant juggle. To try and maximize every right. You have to nowadays because it's so hard to get outside cuts. Like you said, like when just three writers get in a room to try to write the best song... Even the best song these days is the best songs are not always winning now. What wins? Artists who write their own songs, they can also get paid for it. I do think those songs win now, man. Unfortunately, it makes I mean, sense that they do, and and not saying that it's yeah, right or wrong. But yeah, it does. Let me just Bobby. put the shoe on my foot. Yeah, let's say I write a song, and it's almost as good as. As a, as a song yes. that's announced. It's on, it doesn't have to be as good, but it's so close. And so I'm a superstar. Close? And I know my superstarness will push that over the limit. Exactly. I'm cutting my song because so I it, need to get paid. So the question is, does it matter? There's the big question. That's a big question, dude. Is that is that okay? Does that affect music as a whole? Does that does that matter? The answer is the, yes, but it's a superstar culture. The same way these songs are getting shot culture. to number one. Just like you said, somebody's going to remember it anyways. Uh, these songs and, and these all these songs that are you know because Shane McAnally came in yeah. we're talking about the same thing and it's yeah. like back when we were kids in the 90s like Boot Scoot and Boogie was number one for a while and it it had room to breathe yeah. and it took a long time to get there and it just became like anthems of entire eras like summers or winters or we just remember you know the yes. dance at, as being you know, junior high. I know. It was like six week number one. That would never So do we have now. that now? Is no, there a we, song that you could off the top of your head right now that would be like, oh, that was last summer. That was last summer. Let's think. I know this, you always this say is this question. is the song of the summer because I know no, you, you, I do, you say that a lot. I picked, you know, I just talk to myself. Talk sometimes. But, <laughs> but let me think about that. Because, What's the song? Of, like, let's just pick in the last few years. House It Build Me is the first one that comes to me. Okay, for you, that would be a song that you're like, boom. That, and that's going to be one that lasts. Yeah. Okay, let me think. No yeah. one's ever, no one's ever asked me this. This is a really great question. Yeah, songs that are out in the in the past, let's say three four years. Yeah, that I think are going to last. Great question. I think. Um, <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Because the, oh, it's tricky. Like I think something like okay. I was I know just came to me too. I wonder. If, <laughs> what, what what were you gonna say? Girl crush. Girl Crush is a, is a might be maybe yeah. What tell me what? You're uh, well, I was gonna say something like because it's gonna take something meaningful now. Like, like I would say like drink a beer for Luke. Ooh, wow, interesting. Because I think that's one that will last Could with be. people because of the message. Could be yeah. And then occasionally you'll get an artist that will just create something that, like the Stapleton the, that the entire Traveler record will last. Will last. His new record sounds even better. You know what's funny? I've been I, I have it, out the and, clips. I, and I won't. I have the whole record, right? Okay. And I won't listen to it. Why? Because I don't listen to music early. And I love Chris. And Chris was like, "I want you to have this record." So good, Bobby. I can't. It's I, like my favorite record, man. The new one. I, and you all can I have tell, are the clips on iTunes. I'm listening to like a minute twenty of each song or whatever you get. I'm even like you don't have the record. Out. The guy with. The, the, I need to go get it. I need to. I haven't asked anybody, but. And I didn't. I just because I'm gonna buy it. I don't want. I want to buy that take. record. It's like that's the one that might be like one of the few records I buy this year. I want to experience it like my people experience it. Yeah, because I need yeah, to be absolutely. I, I can't not be the people that listen to me. Yeah, and so absolutely. I want to get it the day of and be excited about it too. 
And so I, that's why I won't listen to it. And Chris was so nice to say, I would love for you to have this record. And I said back, I appreciate it, but I can't listen. The one album that I did listen to early, because I'm a, just because I'm a, I, I had to, was the new John Mayer record. And it's not out yet, and I have it. You don't give me that. And I'm a you di- don't have it. I'm a, I'm, Hold on. You I, mean Beyond I have, EPs I, yeah, that he's yeah, been putting out? I have Beyond everything. I have oh, the whole God. I'm going to Sam it. in Minneapolis no. this weekend. Oh, Bobby. I'm a huge John Mayer fan. I think I've seen him in concert 13 times, and I have the whole record. Yeah, but there's just four Is more it songs. So good. It's so good. But oh, it's just four more, and then that completes. It's all the, three waves, and that completes all the record. Three waves. Sorry, I keep you. Which up. I'll tell you this too. That's amazing. Just talking about music is that. I think the culture of putting out a record at 12 songs is going to die soon. I, I wish it had died three years ago. Because I tell every artist, like, why? It's yes, too. It's too much. People can't process a whole album. It's like except the Stapleton record. For some reason, with nine songs. It's nine songs. There's a huge cover on it. Yeah. You know, because Tennessee Whiskey's a cover. Yeah. Um, which, by the way, you know, David Allen Coe wrote it. And George Jones covered it. I know. And people don't know this. Crazy. But it, and it doesn't matter is a thing. It doesn't matter. But, yeah, it's also so Most good. Most people felt, thought it was a new song, though. Yeah. Most people it, It's also Timber so Lake good. singing on it. You're like, oh, it's got to be new. Yeah. I think, though, that it's almost like having a Thanksgiving meal at Thanksgiving dinner every meal when you get a new record 12 songs yes. it's like what do I eat I'm gonna get full I don't have enough time to listen to an hour and 15 minutes you don't minutes. do you you really don't anymore and so I have to decide which songs I like the most really so quickly true. and we have our you know our, our, our iHeart or our Spotify whatever yeah. we're erasing songs if they don't fit I know and so we don't have time to enjoy it you really don't you because we songs. can't spend time with it when John Mayer put them out four at a time, I got to spend time with Me all too. four of those songs. And I fell in love with all four all every of, time. And I, w- I don't think I would have if he had put out 12 at a time. Wow, that's such a good point, dude. So I, I think the culture of the album is going to change. I agree. Because we're ADD. Like, as a society. We're so ADD. We didn't used to be. No, we didn't have the option, though. The digital option wasn't there. I wish there. I knew how to fix it. Because I, I literally... We're so ADD now. We, I'm so guilty. What's going to happen is, though, in 10 years... We're going to go. Remember back in the good old days when we were deleting? It's just everything progresses. Just like music. Just like yeah. everybody complaining about music. You know, we live now yeah. where everyone's like, well, that's not country. That's not country. What happened? You know what happened 10 years ago? Everybody was saying, that's not country. That's not country. You know what happened 30 years ago? That's Everyone was saying, that's not country. Mm. That, it's just mm. never going to end. Wow. And that's okay. Yeah. How far does it go? That's a great question, though. It, it goes as far as mm. it, it will just keep going. It will never stop. Yeah. Mike, we have a we have a spot. One hundred. Oh, let me talk about one hundred flowers for a second. So after a cold and wet winter, it's officially tulip season at one eight hundred flowers dot com. And when it comes to surprising your friends and loved ones with the best blooms and the best colors, one eight hundred flowers. I've used one hundred flowers probably a dozen dozen times in my life. These gorgeous and awesome flowers have arrived just in time. It's almost Easter. I want to set them out. Great price right now. One eight hundred flowers. Is giving away to the people who are listening to this right now, thirty for thirty offer, thirty assorted tulips for thirty dollars. That's basically, I guess it is. It's a dollar a tulip, bright and beautiful mix of orange, yellow, pink blooms. You pick your delivery date. You let one eight hundred flowers handle the rest. One eight hundred flowers. Uh, it expires rather quickly in the next few days. So, one eight hundred flowers dot com slash bones to get the thirty stunning assorted tulips for thirty dollars. 1-800-Flowers.com slash bones. Great for Easter. Send it to your mother-in-law, your mom, your girlfriend. 1-800-Flowers.com slash bones. All right, so I want to play some more of these songs here. Let's see. How about... I'm going to tell you. So this... 
man, when I go to Keith Urban songs, because I have a wall, and I mention the wall to people. Like these are like artists that I have direct like uh, friendships, and and I have a wall in my house, and there are six things on it, and it's Keith and Pasley and Jansen and Marin and Kelsey and a uh, little big town girl crush. Because I've either had something to do with them, or they've had something to do with me. Yeah. And I love, and Keith is a friend. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Break On Me is one of my favorite Keith songs ever. Oh, that's awesome to hear you say this, that, I, This song is so good. Break on me. Oh, dude. Tell me about writing this one. Man, I think me and John were supposed to write uh, with Dirks that day. I think Dirks, he had to go somewhere. He bailed. And John, you know, when you get bailed on these days, it's kind of like, oh, yeah, let's just take the day and hang out with our kids and stuff. And so I begged John to come over. I was like, John, just come over and let's write. Come on, let's write. So he's like, all right, all right. He came over. I handed him this, like, 1965 Stella guitar I got at a pawn shop. And he started playing those chords, man. And I threw a little beat down. And we just started just staring lovingly into each other's eyes like we did on glass. And, um... We wrote it in like an hour. Um, it's such a vulnerable song. It's so vulnerable. And we, you know, and, uh, I don't hear it. We kind of wrote it for our wives and our, our little girls. Um, this is probably my favorite song, man. Really? Yeah, I love it. When your heart needs to When you hear, when it comes back to you, yeah. and I don't, and it's been different with everyone we've talked to, from when like Natalie Hemby's in or mm. when Shane's in, when a song comes back to you from the artist and mm. they've cut it, yeah. First of all, when do you get it? With Keith, he'll, he likes, he'll, I think, he, like I think he snuck this one to me early, and I always know when Keith does a song, your, your mind is going to be blown because he's one of the best producers I've ever met. Literally, he's one of the best producers, and so he he just knows how to take these tracks to like otherworldly places. And I should play the demo that this sometime. This and John Cougar, I should play the demos of. So vastly different from how he interpreted the songs. That's what makes a great artist is taking a song that you. I think it's it's more impressive to me when an artist can take a song that they did not write and make it a Keith Urban masterpiece. Yeah, that to me is the most impressive thing you say that about John Cougar and so when I think of this song I think of the bass line I think of Keith oh. grabbing the bass guitar who would have thought of that and I know Keith just r- ripping the bass out and just going and just adding I know and he even plays it in shows with he with does I didn't even guitar. know he played bass I, I think he could probably play the flute as a guitar if he wanted he to absolutely like he's, he could. he's on he a different level he could yes so what? Yeah, that yeah. Obviously, what's the deal? So tell me about this song. Like, what's the demo? What's the difference in this song? This was just a really straightforward. It was not the bass riff. It was not as bouncy. It was more just like guitar with a little beat under it, kind of walking down. Um, the song is the same, but but him doing that and then modulating up and then back down because you heard it on a Kendrick Lamar record. Did you know? That? Did he tell you that? Mm. He heard Kendrick go up, modulate up, and then come back down, which doesn't sound like it should work at all. Because once you raise the energy, it shouldn't be able to work to come back down. And he did it somehow, and it blows my mind still. That was 
I, I can say this. There are a few artists where I'll listen mm-hmm. to a song early. That was one of the few that he texted me early. He was like, he hey, we, yeah, like three weeks before. He's like, <laughs> you got to hear this song. And I was like, dang, dude. Because it was just boom, 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 boom. I was like, dude, that's, that's, I mean, I remember playing back like, wow, that's funky. It's funky. Your first listen. Yeah. You're right. My first listen to that one was in the studio with him and Dan and the, the mix was all kind of different. It was like, it was a lot to take in. I was like, whoa, what just happened? I don't even know what happened to me. How did you and Keith get to be a thing? Man, when I first came to Nashville, within the first year or two, Keith and Joe Fisher had a publishing company, and they offered me my first publishing deal to get me out of my UK deal. Um, And I think Keith just started hearing my songs early and started kind of, he'd put them on hold, and then then he wanted to write, because Keith's always trying to write with the new the new guys what's happening and so um, he came over and we wrote with David Lee Murphy we wrote Even the Stars Fall for You which was on Fuse and then we produced a, a song or two together for that record and then we just became good friends and now we have this publishing company together called Boom um, I'm just I love being in business with him he's one of my favorite humans yeah and, I, and Big Little Lies is one of my favorite shows ever. and I only watched one episode I've only seen one episode I started last <laughs> night and I watched it. Oh, Bobby, it's so good. The it's weird so thing, good. and this is the weird thing about Keith, and I say it a yeah. lot, is I just didn't think he, that was that he was real. Oh, he's, I know. I mean, I just, I was just like, okay, you're such a big star. How could Why he be that down to earth? kind? Why, I still don't understand. I know. And in the land of make-believe where we live, <laughs> and everyone's only kind so they can live another day and make another dollar. Mm. Like, why are you mm. this kind when you don't have to be? I know. That's what I always thought about him. I know. And every, I, you know, and I've been here four or five years now, and it's it's only gotten better. I agree. He doesn't need anything from me. He doesn't. He never anybody. needs zero from, from me. He drives a Bugatti. Yeah. Yeah, he does. He, drives, he, he does. It's like a Batmobile. <laughs> it's like a bat. And he doesn't need anything from me, and no. he's always the case. He's one of the best humans, man. And then I'll, I'll see him going Fallon or go do something at the International Grammys. Then he'll text me and be like, hey, dude, you good? And I'm like, wait, what? Aren't you in the audience at the shouldn't Academy you, Awards? Yeah, yeah, shouldn't you be doing – and Nicole is so nice. Oh, my gosh. She's the best. I, I haven't know. seen all Big Little Lies yet, but I hear she's pretty nuts. Don't ruin it. Don't ruin no, it. But I, I hear it's a fant- I hear she does a fantastic – It's our favorite show we've ever seen, man. I've heard that from so many it people. It is. It's just too good. The acting is just beyond this. Because these things live a long time, these podcasts, someone's going to hear this in like six months from now, and or I'll hear it back and be like, man, if I only knew then. Because it's only one season, right? And, and that's over. it. Yes. Because it was a book. But it's a book, so I think it might be tied somehow. I don't want to talk that's about it because I don't want you to run anything wrong. No, I'm not. I don't want you to run. I, I want to roll down a couple, <laughs> uh, couple of the songs here because I got so much to talk about. Okay. Uh, how about... We can get... Don't it. Mm. Billy Carrington. Love Billy, man. Billy's another one of my favorite people in the world. Billy. Do you know Billy that well? I do a little bit. Now, you need to spend some time with him. He is he's he a fascinating me. dude. That's the thing. Billy intrigues me. He intrigues me too. And I don't feel like we would, because I'm such an introvert who doesn't do things like rock climb or get on the ocean or go to Hawaii. That's just not me and my personality. So I don't think that Billy and I would hang out as humans but he comes in and we enjoy each other because yeah. we're so different mm-hmm. last time he was in like the show ended or whatever and, I, and we were talking and he was like hey listen I'm going for like hey, this is him talking to me he goes, I'm going to my place in Hawaii for like a month and he was like hey, this this is where I live 
Here's the address. Here's my, my number. I'm going to be out there for a month. Call me. Come out. He's like, come out there wow. for a few days. And I'm like, Billy, I'm not – like, I appreciate that. You should that, do it. You but should I, do it sometime. There's – I would never do that, Ross. That's just not. I'm not cool. I'm You're never, so cool. I'm never going to be cool. I'm Come never going to go rock climb with Billy and Kip. <laughs> Billy and Kip. Like I, Kip and I went to like breakfast somewhere at one of these places, one of these cool guy places, right? And so what, in Nashville, yeah, like in East Nashville, right? Not in Hawaii. Cool trust me. What's so, the restaurant? I want to know. I don't know. Okay, but Kip was like, "Meet me here," and so I was like, "Cool," and so Kip and I go and we're eating, and Kip and I had kind of got into a little fight because I was making fun of them for people yelling at people using phones at a show. And oh, so that. And so that. we were just like, "Hey, let's just go talk it out and have and, and eat and figure it out." We're both humans. That we're is both funny. We're both sensitive humans that we yeah. probably need to talk it out so we can just get back and be cool again. So he's like, "Meet me here." I met him here. It's great. Now we're great by the way now. Okay, good. And so uh if he's he wasn't also one of my favorite people. If he wasn't, I wouldn't have brought it up. But listen, I fought with some of my best friends now. Like I cuz I have a big mouth. I just tend to say whatever comes out of my head, and you record it all the time. When and you and talk. it's it's so, just live, and there's no that's pulling the it difference. back. If it's you live. weren't just on the air, the, right. yeah, you're just if doing I what normal. Recorded every radio show, nothing would get out. But that's what makes your show so great is because you're just real. Yeah, it gets and me. So in it's too. real life, but you're just on it. Yeah. Well, Kip's like, hey, yeah, but I, and Kip's like, let's go rock climbing. I'm like, dude, I'm not going rock climbing. Like, I'm not you guys. Like, I'm not cool. And then I see pictures of him and Billy like ripped up climbing oh these my rocks, bandanas on, like so cool. I'm like. That'll never be me, but I do like Billy a lot. Yeah, me too. From the limited time that I've spent with him, he seems like a pretty nice Sharp guy. Sharp guy, man. He's got his own coconut oil company, his own coconut water company. Do you know that? Mm. Like, it's legit. Like, we have his coconut oil in our house. So he's making money that we don't even know he's making. He is. He's a little bit of a mogul on the yeah. side. Like, nobody really knows. Well, as are you. Like people, <laughs> people may you know if you Google Ross Copperman or whatever, and you net worth hundred million dollars, but you don't uh, know that. Oh, he's is also, that on there? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. You don't know that you know <laughs> you're also oh god producing records. Yeah, you know. Mm, yeah, true. They don't know that you have a publishing company. You know, true. Th- there are things that you're yeah. also doing. Yeah. So don't play on this whole. Somebody else is a mogul. He's trying to get us, Mike. He's trying to get us with the, oh, yeah, Billy's a mogul, one of those types. He comes in before we even started. Ross is like, man, you're doing comedy, you're doing music. And Ross has got like nine projects over here. Acting, oh, like, acting like he's just writing songs. Right, yeah. Come on. I just wrote a song today. Just wrote, yeah. It's a good day. How about this one right here? It's the Jake yeah. song. This is my number one, right? Yeah, yeah. Same, same team of writers that wrote uh, Billy's song. So whenever you write something Like Let's say a number one here like yeah. We have all these that we played Is there a difference Let's say three people write it You ask such good questions by the way I mean is I'm you, just I love songwriting You're so good You're so good at this Okay stop Ross No this I'm just about, saying you. you are You're really good at this You keep, Yeah I want the people Obviously. Listen to this To actually learn And appreciate yeah. the art Of songwriting And yeah. how it works And how but if three people write a song, okay, and let's say it's you and Jim and John, just as names, yeah, and you write a Mary Country Love song, and okay. it takes thirteen weeks to get number one, mm-hmm. and you and Jim and John write Smoke, and it takes twenty weeks to get number one, is there a difference in pay? Yeah, Smoke makes way more, way more. So you want a song as a slow. songwriter to go slow but yeah. still get number one? Yes, everybody. It's always it's a tricky balance because you because if they go too slow, they might die out at, in the teens or something, but. 
So like this Darius Rucker song right now, if I told you. Which, by the way, has been out it's forever and it's just now starting. Ever. I know. I remember what I, Darius and I were on a bus last summer in Indy. Yeah. And we we're about to world premiere it and we were listening. And I don't know. Darius. That's my, last summer? Yeah. That's crazy. Darius and I was, Darius was my first ever interview when I was 17 years old as Hootie. Come on. And so Darius is like the guy Hootie. the closest to my whole career. When you were 17? Yeah. I started in radio, and so that must have been crazy because Hootie was so big. Was so then. big, and I was so I w- nervous. I would have been, yeah, I was a huge Hootie back then. I mean, we all were, right? Everybody loved Hootie. Yeah, all white people loved Hootie. If you were, I mean, <laughs> that was like the the sub. <laughs> if you're like, yeah, I love Hootie. It's so funny. So we all listened to Hootie, and I was huge, and I knew all the cracked review. And so, like every word of every every track. Oh yeah! And I was so nervous to interview Darius. He grabbed the microphone and helped me like interview him when I was seventeen Aww. years old. And so ever since then, like we've worked in the, we we were at pop together. We came across. We do country together. We've presented at the ACMs together. That's so cool. I mean, we're and so I remember being on a bus with him and Dan and Shay were his who I'm friends with too. They were his middle act. Yeah. And so. I was, Darius and I were sitting on his bus, which is all South Carolina game cocked out. He's got like brick wall inside his bus, and hey, by the way, he's talking about something with money. He's got other projects and Pizza Huts going, and oh he, yeah, Darius has got uh, Darius is doing problems with doing yeah, good. He's got, yeah, so he's like, you know, I got this. If I told you, and I was like, your song is really good. And then I just don't hear about it for like two yeah, months. I know, Me and either. I look now, and here it comes. Just shooting up the charts. I know, isn't that crazy? So, are you gonna make a ton of money off this song? So, this probably will make a lot more than say, um, like drunk, the drunk in your love, or, or something like that. Like it will, because it's just. What are we talking? How many songs are those does it seagulls take? in there? Did you put those in there? I didn't add seagulls. Are there seagulls in there? I've never heard. I, pr- I produced that. I guess you didn't know Did I put seagulls in the, in the back <laughs> Do we have a re- Is there a re- Hold on I hear the seagulls Dude, what's the, Those are seagulls, dude. What's up with the birds? Those are seagulls. What's that? Mike, is that from like the be- somebody playing it at a beach? Or is that? The seagull cutting, yeah. the, that is did, so you didn't put seagulls funny. in that? No, I don't think so. Those are definitely seagulls. Did I didn't add, did add the I seagulls. Swear you add, or I didn't add the mongoose and strip it down. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Okay, how many number That's ones so does funny. it take to make a million dollars? Oh my gosh, Bobby. Oh my gosh. Four, three. Three number ones to make a million dollars as three right as as a writer of as a writer of three. three. I say six, man. Mm, I'm gonna disagree with that. You do? Yeah, because all my millions have been made. <laughs> like I would know. Oh, why would I disagree with that? I have no idea what. I think it's uh, and, and it decreases, man. But I do feel like and, and it varies because how fast varies, the song goes. I'd say five or six. Because on Nashville. Whenever Gunner gets his check, <laughs> how many times people compare your life to Nashville? Oh my gosh, like it's, so much, my man, my own parents. That's hilarious. Gunner opens his first check and it's like I got a ride check and it's four hundred thousand dollars. I'm like, well, that's not really how it works. Did you know that I I was kind of in the beginning of the Nashville show with Callie, T Bone, 
the initial meetings for that show were at my house, at my really? house in Bellevue. Is that where like consulting on to, how to put the show together? Talking about how we're going to get these vocals. And I kind of showed Connie Britton how to sing on headphones. She had never sung on a microphone or headphones. So she like came over to my house and like practiced. Yeah, I did the first few. I did the first season of that. A lot really? Of, a lot of the songs in the first season of that. Did you make money off of that? Or is that kind of... Yeah, that that was good, like production money. It seems so okay, production money, Up but not front. really like single, like song money. Songs this is like yeah, because I would think there was it'd be like too no, many, and you were not they're not being featured really, except on an episode. They're not. There was no money for songwriters on that show, which which always bothered so me for Nashville. Me. Yeah, because there probably were a ton of good songs. There were, or did they just go and pick a bunch of middle of the road, mediocre songs? What happened is is everyone in Nashville found out that there was no money in the songs, so nobody was giving them their A-list songs. That is what happened. Because it would have to be one of the two. That either affects a bunch the show, of, yes. doesn't it? Either, that affects I, the show. Either a bunch of the songs get wasted, or you just don't give them good songs. Nobody gave to. them good songs. No one's sending them Break On Me. Nobody's sending them Merry Go Round. Which, and if they do, you know what I mean? they Nobody's, go away and we'll never hear because... It's an, it's the, the there's background. three an episode and it's 20 yeah. seconds at a time but I think they could have capitalized more on a great song being featured right, over and over running up on iTunes yes. oh that's or if they had a song and again this is us talking here or if they had a song that it stayed with the character the whole time yes and they continued through like a six episode arc yeah. of them using that song yes a great song they could have made that because I know even with Hayden at the beginning they tried that with they the song they did try that I think I did that song maybe how do you think you did how do you not because know? there was you just have so, so many just, he just has so many Mike no, he doesn't even so know many. He's hypnotized like, you know, I remember there was a song that Hayden that recurred for her a lot and it actually got played on the radio a bit I, mean, I want to look it oh, up. Oh, I didn't do that one. I didn't do that one. Yeah, the one that was a single. I remember that one. But I might have they, done the one for the show of that song. They could have done that w- with a couple of songs. They they should have. Yeah. Um. You know, they have her here as. Yeah, that's. I don't think this is it. But ah, whatever. Uh, let's see. What else do we have here? Let's see. <laughs> oh, let me talk about Blue Apron Blue for a second. Blue Apron, life changing. Always love the Blue Apron. Helps keep this Bobby Cast going because I. I really enjoy Blue Apron. I think a lot of people do because the food just tastes better because the ingredients are better. They are fresh ingredients, and they come in a box, and you actually make the food. But what, first of all, you pick your delivery, and it comes to your door. For example, I think mine is on a Tuesday, and I get the box full of whatever it is that I've chosen. You can pick your recipes based on your preferences. They have delivery options that fit your needs. There's no weekly commitment either. You just get basically what you want when you want it. And there's all of these new recipes – I would just suggest going to blueapron.com slash Bobby and just looking. That's it. Just look. Blueapron.com slash Bobby. They have a culinary team. Recipes are not repeated within a year. You'll never get bored. Blueapron.com slash Bobby. And if you go right now, check out this week's menu and get your first three meals for free with free shipping. Blueapron.com slash Bobby. Blue Apron is a better way to cook. Blue Apron is a way that I cook and I'm able to eat, and I think you'll love it too. It tastes really good. Uh, blueapron.com slash Bobby. All right, so now let's see. Man, I want to run through some of these. Let's see. John Cougar, that one, Break On Me. Donut, Smoke, Luke, Strip It Down. American Country Love Song. Uh, Florida George Line Confession. Talk, low, those low cash guys are... They're the best dudes. They're the best dudes. They are. Like when you talk about good humans. Good humans, man. I mean... Hard workers. They, they were grinding it forever. I know. Like you want to talk about a story of how much Seriously. do you want it? Oh gosh! There's one of these where Preston came in here and sat, and we talked forever, and he cried, and he told a story wow. about. I mean, they just stayed in it 
and swung really and swung. And this was their first number first one. First number one. Crazy. Yeah. Because I love the slob got to number two. I know. Which I think of that as a number one song. Because you hear it all the time. And you know what? That song will... Yeah. No offense. I think that song probably lasts longer than this one does. I think so, too. I think so, too. Even though this was the number one, and I know you wrote it, and I got to say this to your face. But no, I think, I think you're because right. Because that started them off as it like did. a real life, and it's such a big positive message. I agree. I love this life, man. Who doesn't want to hear that every day? Of their, you know what I mean? I mean, and that's why... And, I, that's why I started playing it. Like I was the first one to play Makes the song. Makes you feel good about because I, I was like, our show is about positivity. Let me play the song, and you know that's kind of where it took off. But yeah, not to take. I'm, hey, listen, you made plenty of money off the song. And, and <laughs> I really like it too. I lo- I love the song. And I love these guys. But for them, I remember talking, and they were like, you know what? We don't have a lot of outside cuts. Yes. But they felt like this song was so right up their wheelhouse because they're great writers too. So they took an outside song. I know, which is always so great. Chesney's the king of that. I've sat with Chesney as he's told other artists, you make all, you make more in one night of merch than you do writing your whole record. Don't worry about writing your record. That's crazy. You make, the, you know, the merch thing. Like, you just dropped a bomb on me that I never even thought about is, <laughs> because you know what I think is, you know, and I have a girlfriend who's an artist. And yeah, so that's right. She writes and she takes outside songs. She does both. You know, it's important to artists to, to write so yeah. they feel, so their artistic cup is full. Yes. But then yeah. she, so she put out six songs, right? And so she wrote three of them. She did the John Mayer cover because she didn't, she didn't cut the John Mayer cover for a record. But in order to make this last little set of songs that Lindsay did, she was like her and Christian Bush, who produced the record. Gotcha. He said, hey, go and remake your favorite album all by yourself with all the instruments. And so she did. She, so she did all of Continuum. Made all the instruments, Come did on. the whole thing. The whole, did I want to hear all, that? Oh, dude, it's fantastic, She's so and it's talented. not out, and it's it's fantastic. She right? redid continuum. The that's whole like a, not a not a, a small record to mess around with doing. The whole do I have? That's an intense record to do, recreate. Can you find gravity over here. So she makes the whole that's record. Amazing! What a smart idea. And it was never supposed to be put out. Like it was just for her to kind of find herself. So she's going to put that out. No, she put "Stop This Train" only on this EP, and so she wrote three other songs, and so. She That's took so a song cool. from Ryan Hurd, who's a good friend of mine, yeah, and a song from Caitlin Smith, who who are close. And it didn't have any relation to her, but she was like, "These songs are so good. I just have to take outside songs too." That's awesome. And for me, I was always like, "Okay, take outside songs. So people will buy tickets to your shows." But the merch thing is crazy because if they're coming, they're also buying your merch. They are. I'm such a believer in the outside song, man. Here, I'm going to play... Yeah, I would if I were you too because you're writing them. Yes, I would I would hope that you were a believer of the outside song process. If you weren't, I'd be I like, just, dude, we need to... I just want more of it. I want more writers to just write the best song in the room and just, you know... I want to play you. This is that, I, this is not out anywhere. And she'll kill me for having this out. But oh, she did Gravity. Just She did everything on, on this by herself. From the keys to wow. the percussion to the end. All of it. It's my favorite, one of my favorite records ever, man. Me too. She's playing all the guitar. Man. She's doing everything that you hear. She the is. Guitar, all, she sat in a room and did all, every sound.
makes the whole wow. thing. Right? And, wow. I have it. I listen to it all the time. That's so magic, man. And we're going to go watch John Mayer together because we're like oh, nerds for John. He's so good. So am I. I'm the biggest nerd for him. He, Can I tell you a John Mayer story? I, I'll match yours. Go ahead. When I was a Let's kid, John when, I was like eight, when I was like 20, I was in college. I went to see him in, at Roanoke College. I was obsessed, man. I was like, he had hung the moon. And we followed him after the show to like this little restaurant. And I was like, saw him over there and I went up to his booth. I was like, John, oh, I'm such a big fan. I just wanted to say hi and introduce myself. And he's like, do you want to suck my dick? <laughs> that sounds like something he would say, dude. Like straight up. I like, was so scared. Like not like. And I you, thought I was going to have to like do it. I and, and I bet you were stunned. Like is he being serious or not? I was 20 years old. Yeah. I know. I had no idea. I wasn't in the music business really then. <laughs> and he's like, I'm just joking, man. Come sit down. Come have dinner with us. And I was like, oh, yeah, I don't know what to do now. I've had, because I've probably, and again, I don't think in real life John and I would be like buddies. Do you know, oh, do you know him? Are you friends We've hung out thing? probably eight or nine times. You have? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But not like, he's such an artist. Yeah. And from someone, I'm nuts myself. And I'm all over the, I'm all over the platform as far as I, I'm moody and I'm crazy and I'm uh, OCD and I'm... Er, to be different, we all are. You've got to this. be really different. You're not just different in part of your life. Yeah. So the most creative people, the people that yeah. change the world, that are the most creative, aren't just creative in their little space that's changing your world. They're really nuts all over the place, I, I and agree. it takes that kind of person. I agree. And he's nuts, and it and yeah. I'm nuts. <laughs> and sometimes I would say he'd be in the worst mood, sometimes he'd be in the greatest mood, and I just got tired of guessing. So I was like, and I never want to meet my heroes. And musically, he's my you favorite. Don't. No, never. He's musically my favorite, too. Yeah. He's just my favorite. Me, too, man. I remember him once. We were maybe Houston. And I don't I mean, it's been so long. Who cares? Some girl came up to him, <laughs> and we were back in the back. And some girl came up and said, like, Hey, I'm a huge fan. Oh, God. And he was like, Hey, can I see your butthole? <laughs> Same kind of thing. <laughs> that is so funny, Bobby. And she was like, "What?" what? And I was like, "I need that to see." So- he was like, "I need to see your butthole." <laughs> How do we have the same exact story? And I don't. And before he, she actually showed it or didn't because he, she was just like, "Like I don't know what to do." Oh. He was like. Yeah, yeah, let's take a picture and he took a picture and sent it on but he was like so that's his shtick that's his like, thing it was like I need to see your butthole <laughs> oh my gosh dude yeah that's his thing that's his thing and I I've had some really good experiences and some really bad experiences and you some just middle bad, ones bad ones yeah not, not, not where he's mean to me he's just sometimes he's just not he doesn't have a mood where even though he's in a bad mood it's okay <laughs> yeah and that's okay because mm. I was at his time in his space and it <laughs> I have, n- I have no problem with super creative people. Yeah. I have no problem with super weird people being weird. Super weird people. Because that's what they are. Yeah. Yeah. You can't expect someone to have these wild new thoughts yeah. and be so different than everyone else so and true. still be the same. So true. Look at Kanye, man. Yeah. Nuts. Nuts. But a genius. Like, but a genius. The, the, the Tesla guy. Oh, he, I bet you, you think that, he's not, that he's, dude probably eats poop, and it's probably like no, like oh I bet Elon God, Musk. Like, I don't I, not, again. I'm just saying that, but he probably does. In little, he's little, so like, weird. Tiny pieces on the yes. plate, but you have he could to be, be a cannibal for all we know. You have to be that weird to change the world. <laughs> you're so right, dude. To and, believe that you, yeah. And if you're that weird, those are the people that make the differences and change the world. <laughs> Like so I don't true. know that no one's ever talked. Are you reading this. that book called The Originals? Is that what it's called? No, I, no well, I it's don't. all about this. About eating poop. 
Vatican poop and yeah, it's 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 like you should read. It. I have talking about. It. I haven't read it. It's it's just how about to be original and how the originality changes and moves the needle. Don't you think though, like super original people like have no choice but to be original? Yeah, I agree. It's like yeah. you can read all the yeah. books you want. David Bowie, he had no choice to be David Bowie. Yeah, you're right. It's harder to not be you. Yeah, it is to conform if you're just so different. Yeah, like I've tried to not be me. You have. I've tried to be like just a dude who's just always a nice guy and is just always po- – then it's like that's just not me. I am and I try to find the positive in things a lot. And I went mm-hmm. to a lot of therapy mm-hmm. and I try to – but I'm still me. Yeah. And I'm nuts. <laughs> and I know it. And I'm pro- and my relationships suffer because of it. And mm-hmm. I just find my strengths and yeah. I try to stay to them and I try to work on my weaknesses. Yeah. But I know I'm never going to be good at certain things. Mm-hmm. And I know I'm always going to be – I'm always going to work really hard. But I'm nuts. <laughs> I don't eat poop nuts, but nuts. But you're nuts but too. You're really good at interviews. Mm, we'll see. Because I want to play here. Because Ross had a deal. You were an artist in the UK, but you're not. You're from Virginia, which is yeah. weird. Yeah. How did you end up as a UK recording artist? I mean, I started going to New York in college, playing the bitter end every month, kind of going back and forth, and just playing songwriter nights there, and started meeting guys at labels that would come out to the bitter end. I, I, I was. That was idolized that place because it's like where Dylan started, and uh, I met a few guys who worked had a little label called Phonogenic Records, and they had signed Natasha Bedingfield. I love. By the way, I love Natasha. I love Natasha, and I don't know your relationship. I did with her, too. But as a person and as an artist, she's amazing. She was her brother Daniel's a little nutty. I know. I hung with him a little bit. He's a little nutty, he, but Natasha was really nice. They have another brother who's even more nutty. Really? A younger brother. I assume they're all nuts, but still, like the, genetically, you have all, to be, again, same thing, but you can yeah. be nutty and be awesome. Yes. She was always fantastic to she me. She was, and I was wondering, where is she now? I always think about that. Yeah. She was so great. In pop, you can kind of go away. You do. They you just go they, away they, disc- pop. they discard you. They do, don't you? And you can't come back. It's so hard. But in country, it, you can come back. In country, like it's fun to Marty's, come back. Yeah. It's cool to come back. It's cool it, to come it, back. It's pe- people want to Chris see. Chris Stapleton's the ultimate comeback in a way. I mean, Chris he was Stapleton, always here doing it. Stapleton was different because people didn't know him. No, but we outside all did. of our bubble, we all knew it. Yeah, maybe for us, he's a comeback. Yeah, outside of the book, because Stapleton's writing stuff for everybody for a long time. Yeah. If you knew the Steel Drivers, if you knew that kind of, stuff. that's what I meant. Yeah, Steel Drivers. Yeah, but people love just generally in America, our society. We love, love to see someone back. rise from the ashes. Then we love to knock them down. They do because we think they're getting too big, and then we love to see them rise back up again. Yeah, that's yeah. what for some reason Why we have is this that? weird thing of. We want to see the underdog win. I know. But if the underdog starts to get full of themselves, which even if they're not, we assume they are, yeah. we want to see them fall so and get busted with nine prostitutes. Kind of like Kanye. In the like back of ice cream kind truck. of turned on Kanye. Well, Kanye kind Kanye's of brought too. it on himself. But. So you, you're, playing at this, you're playing at the bitter end. Yeah. So I, these guys offered me a deal that had phonogenic records. My lawyer was the script's lawyer at the time, and he had both of us. And me and the script basically got the same exact record deal at the same time. The band, the script, the band, the, the script. I, they're, they're, I, no, they're from a, Scott, I, Ireland. Are they yeah. from Ireland? Yeah. I, I did a couple of shows with them. You yeah, did? They were, yeah, they're, they're really so good. Awesome. Yeah, they're really good. So we both moved over to London about the same time. Really? And started working on our records. And I haven't thought about them in forever. I know the that, script. They're another one. Where are they? And I wonder if they're still pl- if they're still big overseas. I think they are kind of still big. They could probably go back to are. Ireland and be awesome, but crush it. Like, don't do it. Oh, you're playing the script. I was gonna play a little bit of the script real quick before I was gonna play you. <laughs> like, which song? Let's see. Oh, here. The, the best one was break break even. 
Oh, right. Yes, this was this was the jam. This was the jam of the century, this dude. Is the jam. When is too soon to cut this on a country? Never, never. There's, there are, there are no rules. I love this. Would be a great song, and people wouldn't even know it. You think? I don't think they would. I, mean, I might. Do, I'm gonna do this. Brandon Ray. Brandon Ray, by the way, is my favorite human He's and artist. He, he was one of the first people I bought. I brought in here. I'm still alive, but I'm barely breathing. This song's the jam, dude. Just praying to a god that I don't believe in. Oh, these lines. Cause I got time while she got freedom. I haven't thought about the script in forever. Cause when a heart breaks, no, it don't break even. The best days will be some of my worst. And you brought it back, and then it's like, so how am I supposed to get Oh, it was so good. So you and these guys go to England together. Yes. Okay. So I was like in the back of the studio with them while they were making this record. For real? Yeah, and they and like they were coming to my shows. And like Ross, we're so because my record came out before them. That's, Crazy, that's a jam. And they went on to be hugely successful for a couple songs. For a couple of songs, yeah. I mean, really, they were. They, I was thinking about my life path, man. Like I had two songs that kind of did okay, but then it kind of in the of, UK, it kind of dissipated. What was your biggest song as a solo artist? Because I don't have much of your solo. All she stuff wrote. Uh, all she, okay. Nobody Dang, dude, you had a sound. <laughs> I loved Oasis, man. I wanted to dude, be. That's what that is. I You're wanted right. to be Oasis that, so that's bad. That's it. It's like the. Uh, it's like the Southern American Oasis. Southern American Oasis. It's like Skinner and Oasis meet for a pop record. Wow. So how'd that song do in the UK? That was like, it got to like 12 or something on the UK chart. Which was Were you ever famous over there as an artist? Like for a minute. Like really? Maybe a second of like a, there was a lot of posters of me around London and the UK and like, for like a hot second. Um, That's cool. My second song didn't do as well. What was that one? Uh, it's called "Found You." Oh. I will say the artist. Dream never does truly die as much as I suppress it and like I'm happy doing what I'm writing and producing. I, I always do secretly want to do like a gorillas type band. With All like, cartoons where no one knows it's you? When no one knows. Behind a stage. I'm like, in. If you let let it, me know. I do always dream of it like, you know, that, so, leave it on a tour bus. I've always wanted to do the tour bus thing, dude. Oh, I don't. I've never gotten to do that. If you're a germaphobe, because we go out and when we do the Raging Idiots, we tour. We tour hard. I know you do. And people don't, I mean, what do you mean germaphobe? You mean because you're it's, shaking? You're on a bus with all uh, the hundred people. It's recycled air. Just it's just the air, just... and there's one little bathroom, <laughs> and there's, and you're in little bunks, <laughs> and you're living at a. It's to be in a band and travel on a bus is gross. It, it is, dude. And I would imagine it's like being a fourth grade teacher. It's like that kind of gross. <laughs> and as soon as you move in, like all the germs just infest the walls. Oh, and you have to because and we will go, and we you get a bus and we can fit twelve on a bus, right? Yeah. And we would get the bus, and it would be, you know, me, and then obviously Eddie, and then we would just go fill our group. Like for example, 
we're doing like five shows and Brandon Ray is coming out and doing these shows with us. Oh, that's right. Because I'm like, Brandon, you got to come play. Like, we're doing Stagecoach. <laughs> come play with us. That's amazing. You know, we're playing like that. Route 91. Come play with us. We're doing Faster Horses. Like, the weird thing is... So you're the reason he's playing all those crazy shows? Yeah. Because I was like, how is Brandon playing, playing all those crazy us. shows? <laughs> like, next level shows. That's how, yeah. It's amazing. But he's... I had to get Brandon because here's the thing about Brandon Ray. If you're listening right now, just remember that you heard Brandon this. Ray. Brandon, Brandon Ray, Ray is going to be a monster. I agree. And when he's a monster, it's going to be like I remember when Brandon Ray was playing in the Raging Idiots. That's amazing. And it's the same thing with Kelsey. He Kelsey, has that thing. Yeah, Kelsey, Kelsey Ballerini played in the Raging Idiots. She did, didn't she? she? We were her first. I forget that we were her first ever tour ever. Gosh, that's crazy. In life. So the Raging Idiots is the new vehicle. So the I mean, new vehicle so it's like for Kelsey, new artists and. There should maybe be like a, a fee. To We're like, like the, tour with the Raging Idiots. The like fee is down the road. Like a twenty year, twenty years down the road, there's a fee. We should pay them. We do pay them. You know what? I do pay them. To be honest, that's the fee. But, wow. But Brandon Ray's awesome. Brandon Ray's awesome. And man. you're awesome because man, you sound. But I, who knew? How about this? As I chose. This is my favorite one. This was the. It was the free download. In the UK, it was like the first time they'd done the free iTunes download. It was the highest downloaded song in the UK history. You were the free download. The first. This one was, yeah. Really? Like, there's a in what's the story? Morning Glory. There's part of that record that's mm. that's real. A mm. lot of a lot of instrumentation. Yeah. That's I hear when you say Oasis. That was my dream, dude. To be those guys. Did you ever watch the Oasis documentary? I watch you so bad, been hearing about it. It's so. I good. hear it's so real. They're so nuts. They're but again, so nuts. You're talking about True creative artists. people. I know doing creative things, and part of being creative is that you're not like other people, I so you're nuts. Have you seen the Backstreet Boys documentary? Yeah, I watched that. <laughs> I love that. You one. know what was funny to me about that is the fact that Brian couldn't sing, and I don't know if that was real or if it was really contrived. Because I listen, as someone who also it's, makes TV shows, yeah. I, my guess would be because I don't know. It's a thing. It's a mental block. I've worked I, with them I, in the I, studio here on a song. Okay, now you're going to be able to shed more light on this. Let me tell you what I think and tell me I'm wrong. Okay? Yeah, you, yeah. I think it's probably a thing, but for sake of the documentary, you take mm. things that are a six and you make them a nine. Yeah. It's a real It's a real thing. It's a, It's an actual medical thing. Um, I forget the name of it, but it's a mental a, medical. It's actually but, medical. So is something happening with his body and his throat I or think his it's head? Something about his throat. Um, I can't remember. Kevin described it to me, but we broke him of it in the studio. Oh, you did. So he's, he's not said, suffering from that anymore. Like, Brian, sing this like Blackstreet. Like, and he was like, oh, Blackstreet, like no diggity. Yeah. Like, no diggity. Like, okay. Yeah. And immediately he was like, and he just nailed it. He like came out of his shell. You ever seen Major League Two, <laughs> where Rube can't throw the ball back to the pitcher until he starts reciting the Playboy? Oh my gosh, that's no. what it reminds me of when that's you're like, "Hey, right. sing, sing Blackstreet," right. and, and he's like, "Oh, you know, hey, ah, hey, ah, hey, ah, hey, ah," and it comes, back. and he's like right back, but it's like, "Hey, sing," uh, you know, the call. And yes, he's like, ah, exactly. Craig Wiseman was talking about this today about mental block. Like Tiger Woods has everything it takes to be the number one golfer in the world every year, but it's his mental. It well, takes Sergio him out. had the issue until yesterday. Like Sergio lost so many. He had all, all the talent. It's all mental for all of us in every field, yeah. right? Your field, my field. Yeah, it's I, it's it's all fields. It's all fields, isn't it's it? It's all fields. You, you, yeah, you got to be in the game mentally, like in that little silver lining zone of just magicness. And there right? are times where I break down. Yeah. I think there are times where we human, all break. We're down. all human. 
So he's you. So he's back. Yeah. So would you be willing to say that back streets back? All right. All right. Yeah. yeah. Oh, definitely. So wait. The ACM moment was my favorite performance of the night. I was on my chair, like losing you my worked mind. with back. I didn't know this, you, this part. I don't know because I yeah. felt like I've I've learned everything. I know the this song's the, not out yet. Okay. Wait. So what? You worked with them on a new song? So me and we wrote a song. Me and Josh Keir wrote a song with Dustin Lynch. The Dustin didn't cut, and Backstreet somehow heard it. And loved it and came to town and cut it with me and Josh. Really? Yeah, it was crazy. Isn't it weird that Kevin is like, Kevin's like 45, right? Yeah. To me, it's weird, one, that they're still called the boys, but that's just their name. I know. It's their name. We're thinking we could, if they did a country, they could be the back, back road boys. <sighs> that was actually Keith Urban. Keith they, Urban they just, saying that. I shouldn't take have, credit for that. They that just was have to be the Backstreet Boys, just like boys to, but. Men, it's, to, men to, men to. What could they change it to? They can't. They just can't. <laughs> it's weird they're so southern though because they're from Kentucky. Like they are. I never. Like Brian's really, from Kentucky. I Kevin's know. from Kentucky. They're Nick's so from Florida. southern. They're so southern. I had no idea. Yeah. My here's a here's a story for you. So, I dated a girl whenever I was probably twenty years old or so, and right before we dated, she was Nick Carter. She dated Nick Carter for like a year and a half. Oh my gosh. So I was like, she did Nick, Nick Car- before, and then before, you? yeah, she took a step down. <laughs> yeah, she she definitely, and there was there were it was a tough a tough act to follow. Could, no, come on, it was a tough. So you just worked with them. Did you do any of this stuff with them in Florida Georgia Line? No, that was Joey. Yeah, okay, Joey Moore did that. So how yeah. did you end up getting with the Backstreet Boys straight up? Just it was the song crazy. Wrote? Their manager reached out and they're like, the boys would like to come to Nashville and work with you. And I was like, okay, Man, your yeah. life. Look crazy. at you. It was crazy. Why do people like you so much? I don't know. Like I, I mean, like weird. I like you, it's but weird. like, it's, how do people hear about this? Hey, I'm gonna play you something here. Uh, let's see. Uh, let's see. what. Else? How about? Oh, I gotta ask you about this because Shane McAnally and I were talking about this. Oh, is he so, talking smack? With Shane no, Shane? not okay. at all. But we're talking about how so many songs you can just take four chords and make them sound like every song. Yeah. And you guys had the instance where you had to put Gnarls Barkley on the song, on the Brett Eldridge song. Oh yeah. So just getting out ahead of the, the, the lawsuit thing. Right. <laughs> now let me let me put you here. Hold on. This is that beat of the music. Which is a great song. And I remember Brett coming in and being like, Man, because Brett wrote this with you guys, right? Yeah. And Brett being like, Man, I was like half sleep and like, <laughs> yeah. I get like this thing that we got in and rock, we wrote it. Okay, that's that one. Lose my mind is one Drunk on your life. Which one is it? That okay. has the CeeLo? Yeah. Lose My Mind. Okay. But you did all these songs, right? Yeah, okay. yeah. So is this the one? Okay. No, it's you. Hold on, hold on. You make there it is. Crazy. It's, they're not that close. They're the same, but it's one more. Like, Ross, I like to call people out and be like, for sure so you're you saying we that. gave up a piece of that song you so would, I, I think you would have lost anyway, but, but I don't, I just, if I'm on the jury. You think we'd have lost anyways, yeah. If yeah. I'm on the jury, I don't. It's I thought, if anything, yeah. here's Brett Eldridge. Should have changed you make me crazy. Here's Gnarls Barkley. Oh, yeah. oh wow! One, it's one word. Wow. There have been so many. Britney Spears went crazy in her song too. She did. It's just happened too many times for that. Just yeah. That snippet they probably, to be. And they would have never heard the song. I don't know. They have a wonderful way of finding money. People have a wonderful way yeah, of finding yeah, money, right, right. especially estates of like Sam Cooke and stuff, like the Marvin Gaye estates. I yeah. definitely. And we should have just changed it. You make me crazy. <laughs> you know why you didn't? Because that's so Brett universal. Brett didn't want to change it. Brett didn't want to change it. Because it was. It was like your mind went to like a hit song. That's why we wanted to keep it. But I don't even think like, oh, you're even talking me into it now. 
but I don't even think that it's. I, they had a poster on Music Row, Bobby, like for the writers of that song. Like they had a poster, like "Congrats to Danger Mouse, first number one song." What? They had a poster. Are you, you're not. You're serious? Yeah, I'm serious. Wow. So you had. To, Isn't you, that funny? You added CeeLo and Danger Mouse. Yeah. To that song. Yeah. Just those two. And we still can't get him on the phone. I'm, I'm trying to get a co-write. I can't get him on the phone. Huh. <laughs> I'm going to play it again. Cause Thomas did, Rhett did it on a song too, Sam Cooke's Family or something. Thomas Rhett did it on Vacation with uh, okay. Lowrider. Oh. Low, oh, my friend. Well, that's the second one Thomas Rhett did then. Because they did it on his first song. Really? Because that Sam Cooke's daughter was at the BMI Awards and accepted a BMI Award. See, I didn't know that. For a different one. His first... Crash and burn. Oh, and you chain know, gang. You know what? And I Stapleton oh, wrote that too. Stapleton, and I asked Chris. I was like, "Hey, did you not probably knowing, talk about it?" Yeah. And no, no, it wasn't that. I said, "Hey, did you actually use Sam Cooks?" Because I want to play some of this. It's funny you bring this up. It's because um, I say, "Did you actually use?" Because it's that's the sound of the man. Hey, working on the chain gang. Oh, don't you know? Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. That's like yeah. the original. And so, crash and burn was again. It's not enough. I feel like to have done it, but they would have. I actually thought they used part of the song as a sample, though. Oh, see, well, exactly. And it wasn't. And Chris so was like, no. I and I was like, oh. Yeah. My, and and it's a yeah, great that's... point. It's almost impossible now yeah. to really do something that sounds like nothing else. It is. I don't think you would have lost that lawsuit. Is there a... Yeah. I don't think you would have lost the lawsuit because it's one freaking word. I know. It's not... A, it's not what? Yeah. Uh, it's not. What's the song? The Mar, uh, the Marvin. Uh, blurred lines. Blurred lines. Blurred lines. That, ru- that, that ruined it sure. for all of us. That ruined it for all of us, though. That makes you all have to watch out. Or you're going to owe seven million dollars, like they did. Like it's like if you don't get ahead of it. They did, didn't they? Um, the Thomas Rhett song that I thought would get him in trouble, which didn't, which was one? which one? The, was the slow one, the, and it sounded like Ed Sheeran. Oh God, that one was. Cool. I mean, yeah, I was. I even asked him. I was like, Hey, have you have you heard anything about? That thinking out loud, was, th- yeah, yeah, thinking out loud from Ed Sheeran and Thomas Retz was "Die a Happy Man," and I was like, "Huh, those sound very similar." And by the way, preface, yeah, I love Thomas, yeah, great dude. Too. But then I asked him about that. He goes, "No, they haven't. They haven't. Wow. They haven't reached out at all." Ed probably just doesn't care. And Ed got sued for the same song by somebody else. He did. That's He'd, right. By who? I'm trying. Somebody to from American or, or UK Idol. Yeah, I remember that. My point isn't that everybody's stealing songs. My point is it's hard it's now. It's hard to come up with original stuff. Yeah, it's all recycled. For, there like, are just so many sounds you can make. There's not that many notes in the, yeah, or chords. The only person like, making new notes is Keith Urban. So if you don't get with Keith Urban, you're not getting any new that's notes. That's a great question, though. Who is there? You said it's hard to make a piece of music that sounds like nothing else. That's like what I try and do every day of my life. I try to, at least. Like... Is there anything right now that you're that excited about? That it's also like nothing else. And before I answer that, I'm going to say this in comedy because I'll do stand up. Comedy's got to be similar, right? It's, how many jokes? It's very similar. How do you come up with new jokes? Every concept has been talked about a hundred times. Interesting. And we're like minded people, most of us. Yes. If I'm going on stage, there's as only a comedian, so many experiences. We're we're like minded. We're probably sad internally, and that's why we're on stage looking for love. And I'm not kidding here. I'm being serious. Like you don't get on stage and try to get the love of other people that you don't know. Wow. Because you just feel like it. There's a lot of similarities. Interesting. And darkness inside of comedians. Interesting. It's like the sad person wants to make everybody laugh, and there's, you're searching for love somewhere. Wow. And so. You've lived similar paths. Yes. The, the good-looking rich kids never the famous comedians. So true, man. It, they ju- they're just not because it comes from somewhere else. So similar experiences, similar mind frames. Yeah. The topics of the world are similar. Yeah. 
you're going to get a thousand jokes that are somewhat the same. Yeah. And so it's tough. What I do is I try to make all, I try to do as much about me mm. and my Makes personal original. As, as, and even then, your stories, there's things probably a hundred jokes like it too. The things that have happened to you yes. in your life. And that's how, are I, there, an, is there enough material of, of real things that have happened to you? I mean, I wrote a book and the book, you know, yeah. And it, and it did well. It was a bestseller. Yeah, it's amazing. And it was fine. And there's enough material in that for like one act. Wow. But then again, you know, as we're about to cut the special, I'm starting to work on the second act and it takes a year or two Do you years. write it all yourself? Yeah. I mean, it's all, you go out and test it and, and suck. Okay. Yeah. But don't big com- comedians have write- teams? Uh, like Chris Rock will write something or I'll have somebody say, hey, and they'll work on stuff Chris, together. yeah. Okay. Okay. Or he'll go out and practice it. Okay. And they'll be like, hey, what if you do this? Okay. And he'll try it. But the thing that like comedians do is they can go out. Like Chris Rock did it in Nashville at Zanies. He did four shows in like two nights. Wow. And just work material. And work to, material. Just to work it. Because oh, it's I not. to see that. It, the did difference is, I, no, Mike D did though. Wow. And he walks out with sick. notes. And he's he's going through notes. Wow. That's the, so cool. The difference is, for me, if I take out my guitar, and I'm not a musician, I play guitar and I sing, and not, I don't do either very well, but I can practice and get muscle memory in playing a song yeah. and practice singing. Yeah. And I can sit in my room or I can go somewhere and practice it. You can't practice telling jokes to a wall. Mm. Yeah. You have to go out and actually crowd. tell it and see if see it works. See how it reacts. And the funniest things I've ever written, bomb hard. And I'm like, oh, this is going to kill. And I'm like, bye-bye. Huh. Wow. Well, that didn't work. And the stuff that you don't think sometimes, you're like, I'm just going to throw it out there and see what happens. Wow. It's like, huh, well, that worked? Let wow. me try it again and just switch it up a little bit. Interesting. But same thing with comedy as music is what I'm saying. Yeah, it's it's very, art. It's just art, period. I love that. And that you tweak it and hone, and and it's, hone in on it's, it. Art has been done a million times a million different ways. Like, yeah. good luck trying to find something completely original. Yeah, absolutely. But when you can, and occasionally somebody does, you're like, huh, that's crazy. Who do you like? Okay, I'll ask you. Who do you? Because you asked me that right now. Somebody you're like, they're changing the game a bit. Who is it? Mm. Can it be in pop? It can be anything you want. Like, I, yeah, I don't care who it is. I think it's fine for people to have a ton of different types of influences and in music. Nobody has a playlist. I think this Julia Michaels stuff is going to be so special because Julia Michaels because she sings melodies that you don't hear. You know, and these are. Just, this Julia Michaels? Yeah. Did you just know I had this up already or did you just? No. No, I had this ready. This is what I was going to play. For what? I'm jealous. This song here? I'm you did? I, I didn't know you were going to say this. I know you did it. Look at my list here. It says Julia Michaels. This is what I've been listening to lately. Julia Michaels, Eric Clapton, Layla from Unplugged, the new Michelle Branch, Weezer. Like, I'm not lying. This is a lot. dude. Weezer's one of my favorite bands ever, by the way. That's, like, that was what I was raised on. That's why I wear my glasses. Weezer and Buddy Holly. That's Are why I wear darker glasses. Yeah. I mean, Weezer, like, built my foundation, dude. Yeah, me too. Judge me. Because if you did, baby, I did you. Was this the song that you were going to say? Yeah. No. For that question? This is one of the artists that was going to pull up. That's, that's like crazy, dude. New. Yeah, I feel that. I feel like yeah. that about her. I swear. Me and Shane wrote with her a few oh, times. Oh, you know, I have no idea when she about came, her. When she she because she would come to Nashville for writing trips, and me and Shane would always we'd write these great songs with her. I should play some if I could find them. Um, and we'd be like, Julia, why are you not an artist like right now? And she'd be like, Well, I don't really want to be an artist right now. Just like just like Marin, she just wanted to write. And then she started writing those Selena songs and those Bieber songs, and like she just got into that like silver zone of hit thing and then realized I guess that 
She, yeah, I don't know. I had no idea you even knew her. Yeah, I kind of. You know, we wrote with her a few times, so that's knowing her. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's funny. But I really do. I keep hearing this song on the radio. Every time I hear it on the radio, I'm like, that is just so fresh. Like, it's the iHeart on the Verge pop song, and Seacrest yeah. was like, "Hey, check this out," and it, and I was like, "Whoa." It's so fresh. Like it's, yeah. We it's, all have issues and like giving them to each other. So like just, and the and melodies. Just, but and sonically like, too. Sonically. Yeah, I got issues. I know, dude. And one of them is how bad I need to. Yeah, it's crazy. Oh. And one of them is how bad I need to. I feel like we could talk for four hours, Ross. I know. Is they uh, probably made that on a laptop? Sorry, yeah. You're was, so good. You made at this. that on your laptop? No, I'm saying that they probably made that whole track oh. on like on a laptop. Have you been writing any of the Taylor Swift country stuff? No, I, this is news to me. Okay, it, I, news to me too. I was just looking at your reaction you, to see if we could break. Something. Are you joking? Yeah, yeah. To completely. I know oh my gosh, she's recording in town right now. No, she's not. And she's working on. She, with but no, but nobody, Max? but nobody knows what's going on. What do you mean? I want to go. I'm going to go stand outside the studio. Well, no one knows. Like, and people are arguing with Max. Should she do pop. Everything's on lock. It's got to be with Max. The thing about her too is like she and why Nashville. I'm calling Nathan Chapman right now. You should, you, you know, Nathan. And here, you know, it, you tell me it'll never come out of lockbox. But here's the thing: that the only thing I would say about her in this project is people are like, "Well, if she does country, she won't make as much money." Here's the thing about wow, Taylor: that'd be if she does a country album, it's gonna go immediately pop as well. It's gonna hit two formats at the same time. I know, I know, and it'd be a good move, wouldn't it? I think it'd be a brilliant, be brilliant. Move. Of course, she would do because that because she'd be back at pop, but oh, not my meaning gosh. to. Why is she so smart? It would How be, so and smart? I don't know that she's doing this. This is just my theory. Like if I were It'd her, be brilliant. I would do a it's country brilliant. record right now so because it would go pop as well, and mm-hmm. it would put her back into. And then she could do the pop record, she'd and then she get she's the just love of. Oh ever, my god! Everything. Why are they so smart? How are they so smart? I don't know if they've done that yet, Rod. I mean, I don't, I don't know that that's the case. But you find out, let me know. And I was just testing you if you knew anything. And that's you, I watched your, I watched your face too. That's and you, amazing. You didn't react the way I, I wanted. I love that. I love that. Well, I, well, I appreciate you coming by. Hey, this was the, literally the best interview I've ever done in my life. It's. Uh, I'm serious. This really was. I'm not joking. Well, I, I you're pr- so good at this, and you're, you're so good at asking these questions. And I don't think I'm good at it. it. I'm just really interested in it. You're, you're genuine. You're genuine, and that's what makes you so good at your job. Well, I appreciate all the compliments. You are equally, if not more, as awesome. And uh, <laughs> I, I, yeah, I'm just. Um, this was a fun talk. Man. I'm really interested in this, and I, I'm again. I would tell you the truth. I just don't think you would have lost the crazy case. I understand getting out ahead of it. I do get because it would start to freak me out too. Because you yeah. also just don't want to be in a lawsuit. No, like really, you just don't want to have that hanging over your head either for freaking eighteen months. I would move away and like have to quit. It's just something. like I'm getting sued, and so everything else you're doing is is quite. So just put the. I know. I feel like a fraud. Yep. The more success you have, the more you feel like a fraud. At least I do. The more fraudulent you feel. Oh, me for sure. There's a line in a movie. I remember. I've, it was, I'll be back. That was Terminator, and it's a whole different thing. But it was still. a Terminator? <laughs> what? I'll be back? No, I was. Just, that was just a line in a movie. Uh, Ross Coburn wrote all the songs and has all the money and all the friends oh and is all the cool gosh, guy. Come Any, on. Anybody cool that you're working with right now? Brandon Ray. He's honestly my new favorite. Um, doing the new Brett Eldridge record. Yeah. Gonna be cool. Um, Dustin Lynch. My two little Billy Currington. The back road boys. Everybody. If I were to say, and I'm not, this is not me. I would never, I would never do it because I never, I've never done this in my life. Because I have my, the people that I write songs with. Like I, I write with Christian Bush a bit. I write with, um, 
Phil Barton. Phil Barton, Eric Paslay. Like these are the people that I know because I don't feel comfortable around people. Yeah. Just generally, Do I don't. Right country song? Huh? Do you want to write country no. song? No, 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 no. Because I'm not serious. You want to write for Raging Idiots? I, I just I want to write. Com- I write funny songs. Brandon Ray and I write together a lot. And you he's do? Funny. He Brandon, is. Brandon's funny. He's a good writer. And he's funny. So, so you're writing a comedy record? Well, or? look at that. You see that plaque right there? We had a number one okay. comedy record, first of all. And a number so one Raging kids Idiots, record. Yeah. So you're doing so, your next Raging Idiots. I'm just writing stuff, right? Regardless. I'm trying stuff. I would love to write funny no, no, songs. No, 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 no. I want to write funny songs. Do you know what's funny is that people will come and say, I just need a change. Can I please write, try to write a funny song? Yeah, that's how I am. And I, you know who I write with a lot? Who? And I don't know if you're friends with him or not, but who I write with a lot is Lee Thomas Lee Miller. You do? He's my best friend. He is like he's one of my favorite humans in this world. In this world, the the only maybe the only house I've ever been to on a weeknight in the past five years and had dinner. You go have dinner with the family? Yes, you do. Like he is that. Like we're that. I didn't know that's, that. That's my because we who talks about it? Like what? So do you go around and brag about who your friends are? No, you don't walk around and go. Hey, you know who my really good friend is? <laughs> but my point is, like he's like the. Does he have a charging station in his house for you? No, he doesn't. Okay, okay. He doesn't. <laughs> He does. But he does live, you know, down in like Brentwood. Yeah, we're all, a little too far. It is a little too far. Yeah, but he, him and I are right because he's fun. I did a riders round. You want to come hang with our kids one night? I, I don't. You can come. But watch here's what, let me let me tell you how intimidating this was for me. Okay, so I write stupid songs, right? And they're stupid songs and whatever. <laughs> and we, I wrote. I you know I wrote Walker Hayes a little bit too. You did? Yeah, he's, he's an interesting writer. Very, he's, and he's very wordy. Yeah. And very arty, artist, creative type. But, like, so I have my friends. I feel comfortable genius. not being stupid in front of. I guess is my answer. It was my thing. But if if someone were to call, if I were to call and go, hey Ross, can we write a song? Like, could you fit me in? How long would take you to fit me in? Dude, for you, I'd fit. I'd do it that week. Okay, whatever you want. Okay, that's not the answer. I was like, like September maybe. That's what I was hoping. Like, yeah. keep it real. Because after oh. it'd be like, what, Billy, what's your name? I appreciate you having me over at your house. Billy. Yeah. Um. Oh my. I've God. got a story. Listen to the story. Okay. I'm gonna leave you with this one. So. Lee invites me to do a writer's round, right? And he's like, hey, uh, Tim Pan South, will you come do a, a round with me? And I didn't I'm, know that was an option. And it's all I would have invited. I didn't know that was an writing. option. Just, oh, just wait for this. It was miserable okay. for me. It was the worst Where thing. Where did you I'm, play? Just, we played at the listening room, and he's like, hey, come right to me and a couple buddies and come out and come, come, come do some songs. Because Lee and I had written a bunch of stuff together. We'd written okay. some hip-hop. Lee and I had written some hip-hop stuff together, too. We wrote this dumb song about Starbucks, and we did we, we, all this stuff. So... I get out there and he's like, hey, I want you to meet the two guys that are playing with you. And I walk in and he goes, hey, this is Ashley Gorley and this is Chris Stefano. <laughs> two of the freaking biggest songwriters. Yeah. And Lee's hilarious and has had so many hits and hits that last the test of time too. His F. Like he wrote like In Color for Jamie Johnson. Which just blows my mind every and time. And you're going to miss this. Uh, and know. he wrote It Ain't My Fault for Brothers Osborne. Like he's still. I, I forgot he wrote that. Yeah, like he's still putting them out. It's crazy, man, his career. And so Lee would go like, I don't need to nail some song. And then here I go, I'll play something totally stupid, right? Like, whatever. And then I'd, then Stefano would sing a Carrie Underwood song better than, as good as. Better than, I mean. I know, right? He's got the stomp Ashley, that, Oh, he's got, a, he's got a bass drum on his foot. He's, an, he's intimidating to play rounds with. I don't even know what I was getting into. He has like effects. And, and then stuff. it goes over to Ashley and Ashley's playing keys and he's singing, you know. Luke, uh, Luke's He's mash. doing Luke and he's doing Cole, you know. I know. And then it go, comes back around to me and I'm like, guys, I don't know what you want me to do. <laughs> I guess I'm going to play this song called When I Start Drinking. Boom, boom, boom. I mean, it, think about that. Think, that is so I, funny. I was so out of my element. That is so funny. 
with like three of the biggest songwriters in town, and here I am up there playing songs so in the middle of them. I felt so stupid. No, and that's... I was like, I was like, Lee, I can't do that ever again. Like that's just not. That's... I'm not trying to be a song. I'm not you guys. Like yeah. I know my talents. <laughs> I can write some funny words. Yeah, and I can play about twelve chords. I'm sure it was awesome though. No, 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 it wasn't. It come on, yeah, it was. not for me. It wasn't awesome. Uh, Ross Coffman, I appreciate it. This has been fun. Bobby, so fun. Thank yeah. you so much. Uh, and uh, let me know if you need anything. <laughs> like you ever would need anything I'm, from me. I'm doing a round soon. I'm gonna call. Okay. Cool. Let me know. I might come watch if it's okay. if it's early um, enough. Yeah. Bluebird. Bluebird. Yeah. And Bluebird on the mountain. You know, okay. I played the Bluebird for the first time. Like you did with with Passley. I want to know when you do this stuff. I live right next to it. I'll come. I don't tell anybody because I want me to come watch. I want to come watch you play around. No, 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 no. You don't. Come on. And I'm telling you, I don't get affected because I've played. Everywhere. I've played the Opry twice. I've played... You have? Uh, yeah. we played the Opry twice. Amazing. Um, we've sold out the Ryman twice. So I've got to do everything awesome. But let me tell you this. Playing the Bluebird is a different thing. Well, it's so it's intense, amazing. isn't it, dude? It's you, like, people are sitting right on top of you. You feel them... And it's like the freaking blue. Everybody, yeah. everything's the freaking. It's like the freaking Opry. Them. Yeah. It's a freaking Bluebird. I know. It's the freaking... I, I get freaked out at the Bluebird. The sound's not very good, and you're just kind of... And it's not supposed to be. It's not supposed to be. You're right. And that's what... About the song. It's crazy. Well, uh, good talk. This is a good... Listen, how long was it? These are never that long. These are never that long, because they're usually only just pretty good. That's a good one. It was only just pretty good. All right, Ross Kaufman, good to see you, buddy. I got a round coming with Lauren McKenna, uh, Hillary Lindsay. You think you're okay to do I would never, ever. (laughs) I sat with Hillary at the ACMs, and... Hey, I was right down from you. Did you know that? It was so crazy. We were right on the other big, side of I, Hillary. I was too big of a star to see you. So, oh. I, uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I was, I had, Low Cash was sitting on my I know. right. I was next to Hillary on the other side. Oh, no, I didn't see you. Over on there. the other side of Hillary, in your row. Yeah, I didn't see. That's so funny. And Lori, yeah, I was in a good group. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was good. It was fun. I love Lori. Like, she's so good. She's like the greatest. She is the greatest human. We got to know her out there. She's we bummed an awesome. Uber ride off of her. So you didn't get, you haven't so much time with her until then? No, never. She's awesome. She's amazing. She, I mean, I was in a round with her. I had to follow Girl Crush and Humble and Kind. I I felt just like put your guitar down. I did. Yeah. I was like, all right, I'm gonna pass, pass, pass. Can we skip this part of the round. All right, uh, we're gonna go. Episode 51 is over. Thank you again right. to Blue Apron and One Hundred Flowers, and I hope everybody enjoys it. We'll see you uh, next time.